This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast you from Dallas, Texas, courtesy of the Christian Leadership Alliance. We're at their Outcomes Conference. Check them out online, christianleadershipalliance.org. You know, Jim, I want to let our listeners know that one of the things we're doing this week while we are at the Outcomes Conference for the Christian Leadership Alliance is posting little one-minute or two-minute videos on our YouTube channel so people can get a taste of what they might have of you know, we're talking about the people that we're interviewing and how it relates in so many ways to, I think a lot of our listeners are either probably active in the nonprofit um, world, either as a volunteer, on a board, they donate, they give money, you know, whatever it might be, that this might pique their interest to just be having a conversation as we are all week long about um, things that we should all be doing with better excellence. Well, and that on our YouTube channel, you could just type in I work for him on YouTube and That's find right. it right. I work the number for him. And you could also see that fantastic dance video. I do a break dance. There's a dance video out there. Oh, I had pulled that down. You oh, want you me did? Put it back oh, up? Oh, <laughs> man. And I thought that was that was some of my best stuff ever. That's unfortunate. I thought it was your moon. That video is gone. I'm moonwalk. sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, listen. You know, a lot of times when Christians get together, and I use that Christians, uh, quote unquote Christians, get together, uh, they call it fellowshipping. They, they spend time talking talking, but what happens often, what's really great is when Jesus followers get together, they start to formulate bonds, they start to formulate ideas, they start to formulate collaboration, and that's where the power of the kingdom is. The Christian Leadership Alliance has an annual event called the Outcomes Conference, and the idea is to bring together people that help nonprofits to become more excellent in what they do each and every day, and those nonprofits, and those the networking that happens in the kingdom is powerful, and that's why we want to kind of introduce you to kind of a, a backdoor scene, a backstage stage scene is better the word to some of the stuff that's going on and as we do these shows we are so excited for you to hear different perspectives from people that have never been on the show with us before today we're talking with Al Lopez from the Best Christian Workplace Workplaces Institute and we got Chad Carter in here he's from the Gideons International these guys are we're going to talk about flourishing cultures flourishing Christian cultures Shouldn't it be that every Jesus-following nonprofit is a flourishing culture? When you go to work, it should be the best place in the world to work. Unfortunately, that's not necessarily the case. So we've got Al and Chad to straighten us out today and how we can fix the culture that you work within or go to church within. Al Lopez and Chad Carter, welcome to I Work For Him. Great to be here. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Jim. I hope you feel that way at the end of the show, Al. That's all I get to okay. say. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we always ask this question of every first-time guest on the show. How did you become a Jesus follower? Al, you first. I became a Jesus follower in college, and I had grown up in the church and uh, really got to a point where, uh, you know, I was sick, and I really need to evaluate what I was, uh, I was killing myself <laughs> uh, one way or another. Uh, overwork, uh, you know, not uh, focused on things I should be focused on. And uh, I, I heard the scripture, you know, that Jesus says that he comes to give us uh, life and life abundantly. And I knew that that wasn't what I was living at the time and came to follow him, got very involved in ministry right in college as a young life leader. And, uh, you know, that was a that was a few years ago now. Just a couple. <laughs> a few years. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Chad, how about you? How did you become a follower of Jesus Christ? You know, I, I, I had a praying mother. Uh, mm. I had an alcoholic father. 
that uh, really led a, a pretty pretty tough life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but saw my mom uh, really pray through that, and ultimately my dad became a believer. And uh, through that experience, and I wanted to give my life uh, to Christ. And so uh, I have a brother who's a pastor. I followed him, so he actually became a believer before me, but uh, followed them, and my mother just prayed with me by my bedside. So, mm-hmm. awesome. so Chad, was there ever a point in time, was there, was there a point in time where you realized, hey, this, this faith thing, this Jesus person that I'm following, it should impact everything I do. It should impact my work, where maybe your work was disconnected before. Was there ever a time where, hey, the light bulb went on and go like, wait, wait a minute, I don't have to be in a church to be in ministry? Hmm. You know, I actually saw my dad come home on a, a daily basis uh, where he would, when he would come in the door, he would say, Phew, what a day. Mm. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the workplace seemed to just uh, crush him, if you will. For me, as a believer, one of the reasons that I love what I do, and I get the privilege to do it at the Gideons International, but I also get to partner with uh, the best Christian workplaces, is that I get to go into places to help them take that out so that people can, can engage with their work and engage with God at the same time so that it's not uh, a toil uh, for them because God actually called us to work before the fall. Amen. That's right. So we should be able to to live our lives in full peace. We should be able to live to the glory of God, and we should be able to work uh, on a daily basis and bring glory to him without it being a toil. It's important to also understand that God not only called us to work, but it also called us to work alongside him. He brought Amen. the animals to Adam to name them. Adam didn't have to call them into himself. God wanted to work alongside of us. Al yeah. Lopez, what about you? Was there a time in your life when you said, wow, my faith, my work? I mean, you came to you came to Christ later on in life, which is awesome. So did you have did you have a disconnect that you had to connect in your faith and your work? You know, I had been involved in a number of leadership situations uh, before uh coming to faith in college and and as I started to work with leadership teams as a believer in ministry I sensed the cohesion level that was so much deeper and richer and our relationships were so much better and how we were able to identify and and you know through cohesion work together more effectively I was just I was like wow Hmm. there's something going on here and and uh, that really really made an impression on me. So, they made an impression, but did, did it turn the light bulb on for you to say, hey, this Jesus faith should be impacting everything I do? Everything, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what it came, what, what I've, as I've looked at, at it now 40 years later, that became the imprint for me of what Christian community should be. And, and that was the model that I've kind of kept in my mind of what is, what should, you know, what should my life be? What should Christian community be? And how, how does that then impact uh, my work and everything I do? And uh, it really, uh, I talk with college presidents and I say, you know, I'd, I'd love to see your faculty and staff demonstrate because of the relationships they have with each other, these Christian relationships, that, that they would be a model for your students for the rest of their life mm-hmm. as, to, as to kind of an imprint of what Christian community and, and an experience should be uh, uh, for their students. 
So we are at the Outcomes Conference for Christian Leadership Alliance. Tell our listeners um, how that is a Christian community that is helping the nonprofit world and you specifically um, to, to do what you do better. You know, for me, you know, Christian Leadership Alliance is all about uh, providing opportunities for leaders to get together to learn and grow as to how they can lead and be better leaders. And for me, it's all about leadership. And how can we as as Christians, whether we're, we're working in Christian nonprofits or Christian companies or, or, or just the secular workplace, how can we as Christians be better equipped to actually uh, do the work we do and then lead others in an effective way, you know, maybe to Christ, but at least uh, working cohesively so that we're, we're positive reflections of Christ in the world. Chad Carter, what about you? Christian Leadership Alliance, you've been involved. How, how does it impact you as a leader at the Gideons International? How does the Christian Leadership Alliance help you be a better leader? Yeah. So when I came to, uh, to uh, out the Outcomes Conference, uh, one of the things that impressed me is that it helps us to increase and improve our competence levels. Mm-hmm. I know that's a big word. Uh, forgive me for using it. but uh, It's only three we, syllables. We're good. Uh, we, we, we send our employees uh, from the Gideons International here uh, to get ideas. Uh, to glean ideas. So when they're sitting in a room, here we are, we're the Gideons International, here's the Salvation Army, Samaritan's Purse, uh, other organizations. We get best-in-class mm-hmm. opportunities, and we also get the opportunity to connect with those people so that even after the Outcomes Conference, we're able to connect. The world is so much bigger, the ministry is so much bigger than just the Gideons International, mm-hmm. so much bigger than one particular ministry and we we want to connect those those ministries and CLA the outcomes conference helps us to do that that's you know, the power is in the connecting we would say that I mean and that's what Jesus is all about he was always about connecting people introducing people to him which is what we're trying to do to each other and we all have a piece of the kingdom living inside of us and to be able to connect that together so we can operate more effectively more efficiently it's powerful you know so we're going to talk about um, flourishing cultures but a lot of people need to first know what it is that each of you what the context is for this conversation so al why don't we start with you what is the context of which you are here having this conversation so uh, our job is to help organizations, Christian organizations, uh, whether parachurch, mission, uh, or, or Christian-owned businesses, mm-hmm. develop flourishing cultures. And in fact, uh, through our research, uh, we've identified eight drivers that create fly- flourishing cultures in Christian organizations. And actually, the word is flourish. Uh, you can use an acronym flourish to define what those are. So our, our role here and what we've come to do after 17 years of research, uh, we've come up with uh, the research that says there are eight drivers and, and we're teaching other organizations what those are and how they can improve them so that, so that uh, organizations can flourish and, and really uh, reflect Christ to the world. As I understand it, you surveyed 300 churches, 900 Christian organizations, Representing 237, if I can read my own handwriting, 237,000 <laughs> employees. Do, do you have like an annual best Christian workplace in the country kind of award that you give away? We have a list, you know, so uh, Christians aren't great. Uh, they don't feel so good about competing with each other, so we don't have a uh, here's the best, uh, but we have a list. And uh, if you meet the threshold of our, on our survey of a 4.0 or above and you have a healthy culture, 
we'll we'll put you on a list of the best Christian workplaces. How many people? How many how many Christian workplaces made that list last year? So last year, I think we had 167 uh, on the list out of uh, out of 350 that surveyed with us. So about half the organizations that we surveyed, uh, who are on the journey to build a, a flourishing culture, are on that list of the certified best Christian workplaces. And yet, what does that represent as a percentage of Christian workplaces? 167 out of 300 and whatever. I mean, I mean, how many Christian workplaces are there in this country? <laughs> I couldn't even answer that question. Uh, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, so there's nobody's a lot ever of them. asked you that question before. No, well, nobody. Uh, uh, I ask the question on a regular basis, trying to figure out, sure. you know, what is what is the scope of uh, the work that we could possibly do, but uh, nobody's able to give me the answer to that question. So, I mean, I think there's, you know, like 2,000 mega churches that have over 2,500 uh, attenders a week. There's, uh, you know, hundreds of CLA members, uh, Christian Leadership Alliance members, uh, uh, but we and we work through. Uh, uh, the Association of Christian Schools International, there's thousands mm-hmm. of those schools are right. around the, the world. There's there's thousands and thousands of Christian organizations. Right. And is it only Christian? I'll let you talk, Martha, in a second. Are the, is it only <laughs> Christian organizations? I mean, you said best Christian workplaces. That's what it says. But that, I mean, there are all kinds of businesses and workplaces out there that aren't you know, churches mm-hmm. or Christian mm-hmm. nonprofits that are truly Christian workplaces. And we do. We we now include, and we have surveyed uh, Christian-owned businesses or or businesses, uh, secular, whatever you want to call them, organizations right. that actually uh, are led by Christians. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, through organizations like C12 and others, we we work with them to help them build their uh, workplace culture because for them, that's their ministry is are their employees and uh, and so that's an important part too of, of what is. we do yeah. a huge part so i know for me i've seen often on people's like email signature where they you know have that stamp of approval that they work for mm-hmm. someone who has gotten on the list a company that has gotten on the list or an the organization good list, not the, bad list. the good list you know they have, they have that a bad list too that seal of approval if you're not certified as the best christian workplace you remain completely uh you know, it's confidential. We don't, we don't, we don't have that <laughs> list. Everybody <laughs> wants to know who the bottom ten they don't, are, right? They don't you know? have a big red circle <laughs> no, with a line no, through no, it that no. gets crossed out. This is all for good. That's why we're doing. But it. one of the things why I guess the I, bad list be for good either. I mean, okay. Well, internally, they probably okay. use it then to try to that's, get oh, a better, more flourishing for culture. Consulting. So, it, okay. so that's the part I guess I didn't understand, and I want our listeners to understand. You're not just a rating system. You're mm-hmm. not just an award. You're help. You want these organizations to have good cultures right. right that's the that's the bottom line it's not it's just who's doing it yeah right and you're helping them to get there right exactly so it's a journey and and you know chad is uh with the gideons he can tell a little bit about that journey yeah but uh, oftentimes you know we'll go in and an organization is toxic they're they're a critical moment and and okay so yeah that we know that uh, we don't need anybody on the outside to, to help us tell us that uh, many times, but how do we move to a healthy, how do we move to a flourishing culture? And that's what we help them do. Okay. So, Chad, then is it my understanding then that the Gideons have engaged um, the best Christian workplaces yes. to come in and help you to improve your culture? Okay, but first we've got to talk about what Chad does on a day-to-day basis. 
Before we do that, we, I, we've I already think, said Gideons. Okay. okay. Yes, of course. But, but not everybody knows what the Gideons is or represents or yeah. how long it's been around. Or they take it and for granted. And your role within it. Yeah, go ahead. So the Gideons International is a professional and Christian businessmen's uh, organization. Uh, we win the lost to Christ. That's our mission. It's very simple. We do that through scripture distribution, personal testimony, and through personal witnessing. So in a year's time, we uh, will give away, free of charge, uh, one by one, literally, uh, between 85 and 90 million scriptures a year. All of those scriptures are donated. There's no charge. So when you're here in this hotel, or you're, uh, in, whether you're in a, a prison, uh, a school, a child, as long as they're fourth grade and above, we know they can read, uh, college campuses, uh, I know Craig Rochelle actually came to Christ. Uh, he's the pastor mm. of Life Church, uh, Life Church. Mm-hmm. and uh, he got his first scripture through the Gideons International. Mm. And uh, uh, Ravi Zacharias, uh, as I understand it, came to the Lord through the Gideons International. So our goal, though, is that we would uh, we would give those scriptures and people would come to Christ. Mm-hmm. I serve uh, in the leadership role for Human Resources. Came into the organization just after. Uh, the best Christian workplaces had uh, had gone through this survey uh, with the Gideons International, and uh, Al, the results weren't very good, were they? No, they weren't very good, Chad. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and again, uh, the executive director at the time, uh, yeah. you know, Craig saw a presentation that we did here, and he had a dream, a real vision, mm. that the Gideons would become a, a healthy, maybe even a flourishing workplace, yeah. and he was just coming into his leadership role, Mm. and that was really the beginning of it, and he hired Chad as one of his first activities. So as he came in, one of the things that God had really planted this in his heart, but he said, I don't know what to do. Right. And so, uh, unfortunately, the Best Christian Workplaces is not there every day, uh, uh, even though we'd love for them to be. But they got cameras everywhere, Uh, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's Uh, an idea. So. Uh, that'll, that'll be your new digital age there. Yeah, right. Uh, but so that's how I got involved. Uh, okay. One of the quick questions that they asked me is, Chad, how long is this going to take? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your answer? <laughs> well, I, my answer to them was that in an aggressive organization, probably a mainstream market type place, it might take three to four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a, a, a nonprofit, the Gideons, a slow-moving organization, I said, Frankly, I think it's going to take you five to seven years, and it has taken every bit of the seven years for us. Ten to forty years. (laughs) So, giving people a perspective, how many people are involved in the Gideon culture that you're trying to work on? So, great, great question, Martha. Uh, First thing, we our focus was our our staff at Mm -hmm. our international headquarters. So, we've got about 150 people uh, right there. Uh, We have offices around the world, uh, national association offices, and then we have our membership, which is about 280,000. But our our first focus was not to try to go out and literally change the world through this, but it was to try to change it at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what we've gone about. Uh, When we surveyed, uh, our results came back uh, highly toxic, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I won't get into all of yeah. the, the ramifications of that. But, Why not? Uh, well, uh, I'm sure it'll seep out uh, as we go through. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to uh, help. I mean, but you, I love I, the transparency I, that you're. And I do that. But the reason I say why not is how are, Christ, how are organizations, organizational leaders that are out there listening today. Sure. There, I mean, people have, almost everybody who's a Jesus follower knows of the Gideons, okay? Yes. And a lot of secular people know about the Gideons because they've seen their Bibles at the. At, mm-hmm. It's 
okay for people to know, hey, here's an organization that started with a phenomenal drive, a phenomenal yes. mission, and got off mission because the culture they created ended up being toxic, yet because of the powerful redemptive work of God, this organization can now become a thriving, flourishing culture. Absolutely. We need to understand. I mean, sin impacts everything. So that's why I asked, why not? Why can't we let know? Me, let me answer that partially, Jim. Is, and when I've worked, I've worked with thousands of leaders in Christian organizations. Yeah. And and while Jesus, we've all accepted Christ, and, and we know what the servant leadership is, but most of the time, our leadership approach is something we've learned from our fathers or our mothers or, or you know, non-Christian oriented patterns as well as our own uh, personality uh, in the way that comes out and and so uh, I've just seen over and over how it's not the fruit of the spirit that comes out mm. of uh, of leaders even in Christian organizations it's not <laughs> it's not servant le- leadership it's it's uh, something else and uh, and that's 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 unfortunately at, at the core Alrighty, so we are here, and one of the, our topic today is going to be about um, flourishing cultures, and we're going to really dig into that now. But we have Al Lopez, and he is with Best Christian Workplaces Institute, and they're the ones who put together the list. People can do the survey within their work environment and uh, come up with the list of people that are actually meeting the criteria for being a Best Christian Workplace. And then also Chad Carter from Gideon's International. Okay, so gentlemen, let's just talk about what is a flourishing culture, and Chad, what didn't you have? And how do you get there? I mean, I want to. I want to dig into this. I want transparency yeah. here, so people can learn. So go ahead. If not, he's going to well, leave. No. Well, <laughs> let me let me share this, and this okay. is not original to us as far as the language, but uh, but I love the language. And what we d- decided to do was to define what they mean: culture builder versus culture buster. Mm. So one of the things that we we got tired of is paying people to bust our culture, and we knew people were there that were that were unhealthy. Let's just put it that way. That's it. And and in many cases, we needed to help them be a blessing somewhere else. That's right. Uh, to free their so, future. But when you say unhealthy, right. you mean that so they let need me define spiritual healing? Okay. All right. Yeah. So a culture buster would be someone who might say, that's not my job. Uh, they live an offended lifestyle. You know those folks. Uh, passive aggressive behavior. The, the good Christian bystand, you know, that, that we like to embrace, unfortunately. A lack of grace, legalism, inflexibility, closed-mindedness. Uh, here's another one: emotionalism. Uh, not not healthy. Not healthy in the workplace. Unable to receive feedback. Uh, indifference. Lack of self-development. Uh, uh, defensiveness and an inability to work on a team setting. All right, so I'm going to go back to that so, list again. Culture busters. This is a, that's not my job. Negative attitude or they're easily offended. Passive aggressive behavior, lack of grace, legalistic, inflexible, closed-minded, emotionalism. I didn't even know that was a word. Unable <laughs> to receive feedback, <laughs> indifference, lack of self-development, deceitfulness and dishonesty, defensiveness, inability to work in a team setting. Wow, that's a great toxic list. Well, but we want people, as Al was talking about earlier, we want to be living by the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. That means that we're going to be people who are going to be culture builders. Here are the behaviors that we expect. We want to embrace our shared values. Within the Gideons International, at our international headquarters, we have four shared values. We want those individuals to embrace those values. Sure. Uh, to be an individual who daily asks for and lives, uh, asks for feedback and lives out the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. intentionally accepts responsibility for self. In addition to that, has identified and understands how their calling 
builds the mission of our organization, uh, understands their calling, uh, is someone who's willing to go the second mile. Uh, Chick-fil-A is probably one of the best organizations uh, on the planet, uh, not to mention that I love their food, yeah. but they, they do they a great job. Make, they technically make Jesus chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Christian chicken. It's Christian chicken. And fries. And then uh, we're people that give the benefit of the doubt to other people. Mm. We don't just immediately jump to conclusions. And then finally, we regularly ask for forgiveness. Uh, we don't just do the apology, uh, I apologize if I hurt you. Uh, well, that, that's, or I'd that's like a, to apologize. Well, that, that's a, a cheap way of trying to ask for forgiveness without asking for it. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's literally, as a Christian, as a believer, yesterday, literally, I had to say to my wife, you know what? That's not the way I ought to behave. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? That's intentional living. That's the kind of thing we want in our workplace culture so that we are better employees, but we're also better when we're at home with our kids. Uh, I'm a better husband. My wife's uh, a better wife, etc. So. So are these, um, once you identified these, did yes. you use them as a filter to then have reviews with employees or what did you yeah. do? Okay. So, so again, another big, a big uh, topic, uh, we have what's called performance management. It's a lever for us. It's, it's our way that we review one another. And so through that, yes, uh, Martha, we will talk about these very things because when we first did our, uh, our assessment through the Best Christian Workplaces, the, the number, uh, I guess our, our, there are 58 questions, and out of the 58 questions, our worst performing question was this question. Someone has sat with me to talk about my progress. Oh. No one had been talking about the progress. Nobody had been sitting down with, with Jim. Let's say Jim is my employee. Right. There had not been regular ongoing feedback, regular ongoing discussions. Mm-hmm. We need to be having those discussions on a daily basis yeah. so that we can be a culture-building uh, culture. Mm-hmm. And it seems like such a simple thing, but you were missing the mark on it. Absolutely. And, and really, so really, that probably was something that was pretty easy to re-implement, was it? Well, it is. It, it's a lever that we pulled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I took the comments home for about two weeks after, uh-huh. after this survey. Yeah. <laughs> And just cried, read you shut the door. And well, and, and I'd made notes and said, hey, here's, here are some, literally, what you just said, Martha, here are some realistic things that we can do and that we should be doing. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're director of HR for the Gideons International, but there's still a guy above you or still a person above you. Oh, absolutely. Okay? So it's one thing for you to embrace this whole idea, but toxicity rolls downhill. And if it's not solved at the top of an organization, I mean, whatever is demonstrated at the top always rolls throughout the organization. So you can want to fix all you want from your well, seat, but it's a it's a the, losing battle the, if, it, if it doesn't want to come from the top. I know Al will jump in on this, so I'll go first <laughs> on this one. Uh, don't move forward in a culture-building initiative without the full support of your your leader, your senior leadership team. Well, you can't. You can't. It's, 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 exactly. it's all, but it's people like, will try. They'll think, certainly I can make a difference. It's yeah. like trying so to push mud uphill in a rainstorm. So speak yeah. to our listeners right now about them. If they are they have a huge desire to see things improve and they have some pull, but maybe they're not the top leader, what should they do? Well, uh, you know, we believe flourishing culture starts at the top, you know, with the top leader and the top leadership team that uh, Chad said. So that's that's really a lot of effort should be going towards let's get our leadership team on board to really uh, embrace this idea to have this joint vision of a of a flourishing culture. And and, you know, if if you don't, you know, but 
you know, if you don't have the top leader's uh, full endorsement, then then try something in your own area of influence. So, so oh, okay. So let me just recap where we're at. Yeah. We're talking with Chad Carter carter today from the gideons international and we got al lopez he's here from best christian workplaces institute and i, I think really we want the focus to go there bcwinstitute.org bcwinstitute.org and of course all of this made possible by the christian leadership alliance who's brought us all together in dallas texas to talk about how do we get this better but going back al to this comment that I mean, you're saying, okay, so if the, if the head guy, and, and we're talking about Christian workplaces, the best Christian workplaces, if the head guy doesn't desire to eliminate the toxicity within the organization, what the heck is he doing leading the organization and calling it a Christian organization? But okay, I'll step back off of this. <laughs> because that's one of the reasons why Christianity is looked at with such disdain in yes. our culture today. But if you said something very, very powerful, if the top guy or top woman doesn't want, doesn't desire change, you can make a difference right there in your immediate influence, but how does that happen? Because that takes some real braveness to actually say, I'm going to change the culture of my cubicle, my group of cubicles, my department, my division. But yet the top guy or top woman doesn't care. Yeah, and, and so they need tools. And, and they're going to be able to uh, create an environment uh, that is positive within their area up to a degree. And, and oftentimes, unfortunately, and it really is unfortunate, that leader becomes a shield uh, for the people on their team against or versus the rest of the organization. That's not ultimately healthy either. One of the keys for a leader that they have to know is that employee engagement actually has a yield. Most most of these individuals who are leading an organizations, I'm getting to that. Okay, Jim. all right. <laughs> so as a result, what they've got to know is that if I do this, then you know a lot of these behaviors that lack the fruit of the oh, spirit, okay. are gonna are not going to drive the appropriate behaviors that are going to drive results. They in all have yield. There's positive yield, negative yield. That's you're exactly okay, right. Okay, okay. So here's some of the positive yield: better retention with their staff. Uh, better outcomes in the organization, uh, member or customer service loyalty, uh, and then they're actually going to embrace the ideas of the management team. <laughs> so if you, if you get this whole, this whole thing, this rhythm, if you will, right. that's going on in an organization, you actually have engagement. All right, so a culture builder. I just want to remind it we're talking about flourishing cultures today with Chad and Al. A culture builder is somebody that embraces shared values, daily asks for the and lives out the fruit of the spirit. Imagine that. That's supposed to flow right out of us as Jesus followers. Intentionally accepts responsibility for self. So when you screw up, you actually say, I screwed up. I love that. Has identified and understands how their calling builds the mission. How about how they have a calling right where they're at? And understands that their calling is developing others underneath them. See the need to continually develop and grow and make adjustments goes the second mile there's a jesus reference for you exhibits grace towards others we all need grace gives the benefit of the doubt how about god wow, it's just unbelievable regularly asks forgiveness that's a healthy flourishing culture it really is and um i you know i, I just watching these guys here they're just like you know having fun listening to you embrace those <laughs> things but it is a desire and it seems like they're very attainable, and it's something that um, I think that's the thing what I'm hearing right here is this is encouraging because if we can do things to improve the culture, it's not going to go from zero to perfect ever probably, but if we're making those positive strides, 
what an amazing organization it's going to be. So you can actually get back to focusing on the mission. You know, and Martha, one of the key things of that, you know, as adult leaders, as leaders, and, and you know, oftentimes we have blind spots as leaders. And and what we're doing is we're always, always, times. We always, have, always you know, times. maybe 2.4 at least per each leader. And, uh, and how do we find out what those blind spots are? But we've got to get feedback. And mm-hmm. that's a, a confidential survey, which yeah. uh, is what we do. Is, like a way a, is that we, like a 360 review almost, but organizationally around? We do both. But okay. yes, uh-huh, yeah. So when you look at nonprofit organizations that tend that I'm going to word it this way instead of calling them Christian nonprofit organizations I'm going to call, talk about nonprofit organizations that have a kingdom purpose mm-hmm. it, it church put the four walls churches in one category and all other nonprofits supporting the greater church which has the most toxic cultures the church organizations or the nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. They're the same. They are. Yeah. I think we're having a fun conversation today talking about flourishing cultures. We certainly are. And one of the things that we really want to get into is what does flourish really stand for? And, you know, I love the word flourish, and you've actually turned it into an acronym within the Best Christian Workplaces, Al. So tell us what the word flourish stands for. In, in our in our way of reflecting it, it, flourish stands for the eight drivers that really drive employee engagement, which then ultimately drive uh, increased outcomes for a ministry and we're at the outcomes conference and That's when you right. do these eight things then you have higher engagement where mm-hmm. people are really emotionally connected to the organization the job the mission and and things happen you know good things happen so mm-hmm. uh, flourish the acronym first and let me say before that this is not just me creating the word flourish and then creating some words around it it's actually based on research these are these are based on hundreds of thousands of employees comments and uh, and responses to question that that then they're grouped together by like questions anyway okay. f-, f for fantastic teams l for life giving work where People really feel like the work they're doing is important, life-giving work. O, outstanding talent. We want to attract, retain, and motivate just outstanding people. U is uplifting growth. That's that's growth and development. We have to continually feed and give uh, uh, uplifting growth to our people for the organization to thrive in the future. We need to provide rewarding compensation, good compensation and benefit programs. I is inspiration. We were talking about Christian nonprofits. Go back to that. Yep. <laughs> you said R was rewarding compensation. Why is it that Christian nonprofits believe that people should work for less money for a nonprofit than they do if they were out there in the general market? Because the uh, well, that's a that's a <laughs> rhetorical <laughs> question. That's you know? another <laughs> show for another day. Because <laughs> they can get away with it, I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. Inspirational leadership is I, and mm. uh, again, inspirational leadership for us is that re- leaders reflect the character of Christ. That they have excellent programs and they have integrity and trust. Uh, sustainable strategy. People need to know that there's going to be a future of the organization and that they're actually meeting the needs of those they serve. And then finally, H is healthy communication, and that's two-way communication. And oftentimes, uh, Christian leaders think communication is just one way. It actually is two ways, where where you're listening to what employees are saying and acting on that and actually re- removing barriers uh, to, to getting the job done. Here. All right. So those, again, I was just looking at I, I wrote them down when I can't read my writing. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So we got fantastic teams, life-giving work, outstanding talent, uplifting growth, rewarding compensation, inspirational leaders, sustainable strategy, and healthy communications. And then... 
that's flourish oh the overall engagement there's an <laughs> o after the overall engagement okay uh, this that's fantastic that's the textbook let's make this i want this to be real mm-hmm. the giddings international you walk in there eight years ago you would describe the environment as what did you say it was highly toxic highly not just toxic highly toxic this is an organization that gives the word of god to people hundreds tens of millions of times a year highly toxic okay but jim that's not that's not any different than anybody else oh i I understand well let let me give you an example specifically because we don't live it out Hmm. period i mean let's face it a lot of the organizations that are out there just like us we're not living in the fruit of the Spirit. We weren't living. I love what a, a particular gentleman came to our international convention, and he said this. He said, stop giving the scriptures out that you don't read. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, now that hurts. Yeah. But the, bottom, so. but, the, but the bottom line of it is we need to be in the Word, mm-hmm. and we need to be living it out. And it should be powerful mm-hmm. in you. And the Word of God yes. is powerful. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, so you come into this organization. It's highly toxic, and... You, they had just completed a survey with best Christian workplaces. Yes, yes. Okay. What was the first step you took to bring about flourishing in your culture? What was the biggest, hardest step? Because the first one's always the hardest one because it's like that scene in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. No, it was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where he has to take that step. His father is lying dead next to the centurion, and he has to take that step, but he can't see the bridge. You know what I'm talking about, right, in that, that scene? You know what I'm talking about, Chad? I He's going to walk okay. across the cavern, yeah. yep. but there's, he doesn't see the bridge. Right, so what was that first big step? Well, the first big step, uh, I believe, was, uh, was Chad brought together leadership. We, we did a, uh, a leadership offsite. And we began to work through what does uh, a cohesive leadership team look like and behave like. And culture, you know, it's, it's how we do things around here. It's the values from which we lead. And that was one of the first key things that uh, the Gideons did to move forward is to get the leadership together, to have a common vision of what this should look like. We did uh, some uh, 360s. We did uh, other assessments. Uh, it reinforced what the what the Best Christian Workplace Survey results uh, showed. And it was a real, you know, uh, you know, uh, it was a prayer meeting, you know, mm-hmm. because people realized that that they were falling short as leaders and and what do we have to bring uh to work other than ourselves and you know leadership is inside out we have to as leaders we have to have christ in us and growing in us and convicting us and then and then living through us and that's that's really the start so your first step was really identifying the culture that you're living within right and and to define what a healthy culture would look like yes uh but but I'm talking, okay, that's great, fantastic step. What was the first thing you attacked, though? Well, the, uh, two, two things. First of all, Jim, you have to get so disgusted with where you are that you actually want to make a move. Amen. Because right? most people actually will say, I want to lose weight, but when it comes down to it, I want to keep eating what I'm eating. Or drinking Mountain Dew. Or, or whatever. That's right. <laughs> uh, we we want to continue to embrace where we've been. So the first step is to really realize where you are, and to go, I'm so disgusted with this, we cannot continue where we are. So painting a picture of the future is not big enough. Okay. You have to look at that. Now, it's great that you have the picture for the future, and the reason is so that when you get into the middle of the journey, uh, you go, oh, I can actually see 
see where I need to go. Okay, but we're running out of time. I want to hear what you did. I want to hear what you did. We've got four minutes left in the show. I want to hear, what did you do? Well, they first of all, one of the things they did is they completely revamped the uh, performance management process. Yeah. You know, we, we identified what, what's not happening. Well, people weren't being developed. People weren't getting feedback. People weren't uh, They weren't performing. Like they weren't performing. So they, they weren't being loved on. They weren't being Let's loved on. Let's use simple words. Yeah. These people felt unloved, yeah, they, unappreciated. I, I remember the first time I walked through the offices, and it was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was silent. There library. Was, there was, it was a library. There was no conversation. <laughs> people were afraid to actually talk. People didn't go to lunch together. Yeah. It was really a sad and, and, situation. And, uh, and there was no laughter in the halls. Now you walk through the, the building and you hear conversation. People are having a good time. They're, they're, they're connecting. They're connecting with each other. So, so you know, they're well, being... What did you do? I want to yeah. hear. What did you do? <laughs> Well, the, I mean, I mean Jim, surveys are one okay. thing, talk yeah. is another thing. But I mean, you had to. I mean, somebody had to go. I'm well, taking then, this step. Another yeah. another thing. Chad did a uh, compensation study, and yeah. now people are being compensated at competitive levels, reflecting a, a total compensation strategy. Uh, fancy words for saying this is just how we're going to compensate people. And if you stay here, then you'll be compensated in this way, and you'll be mm. paid at a competitive rate. And they have a competitive retirement plan, a competitive uh, health care plan. They look at the competitiveness of all that, and they said, here's the value proposition for working at the Gideons, and they fixed each of those elements along Again. the way. So honoring really? honoring the people for the work that God mm-hmm. has called them to which, do. Which we didn't do. Right. Now we do. And mm-hmm. let them know they were appreciated. I mean, those right. are things let people know. Keep and uh, another thing he did, you know, uh, as a result, it came out, the hiring process. He completely rechained, he upgraded the hiring process to make sure that those fantastic teams and outstanding talent were really being brought into the Gideons. And so so he's got a whole official process, including uh, uh, an onboarding process. So once people actually come in the door, I mean, I was at one organization, we did a focus group, and they said, well, what do you do when, and I asked, what do you do when new people come in? What's what's the first thing to do? And And somebody reflected, well, when I came in, the first thing I did was, well, I went to the receptionist, and they weren't sure that I was supposed to start that day. And oh. and then, then I went to my desk, and my first job was to clean out the, the other person who was there before me to clean out their desk. And that didn't feel very good. Not very welcoming. And it wasn't very welcoming. Well, Chad has a complete onboarding process of, exa- of you know, first impressions are, are huge. Mm-hmm. The, the employment process is huge. The onboarding process is huge. And uh, so he's got an official process that, that he's gone through. He's, he's <laughs> what's the old saying? Uh, you know, their employment philosophy before Chad arrived mm-hmm. was, was uh, well, if we don't hire him, who will? Mm. And, and now you realize that's okay. So let somebody else hire them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, we got 30 seconds. Uh, talk about the impact on Gideon's International. A- after eight years of working with Best Christian Workplaces Institute, to now you have 20 seconds. How, what kind of impact? Where is it at today? Huge piece. Now we're actually able to go out and actually impact the ministry itself. So our people in the corporate international headquarters are ready now to actually launch and help the, the nearly 300,000 members around the world. Mm. And the fruits of the Spirit are they being lived out by your leaders. They, they really are. Uh, I can genuinely say that. Uh, so when people come with ideas, uh, people are willing to listen, and Excellent. they love our leaders. Chad Carter, Al Lopez, thank you guys for being on I Work For Him today. Great to be here. Thanks, Great to be here. A lot of Thanks, fun. Make guys. sure you check yeah. out 
These guys, you got to check out Best Christian Workplaces online, bcwinstitute.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.